It was incredible. And I, I, I will put this for the record right now. I think it's my favorite flat ride in Australia. And even now, it's still hard to comprehend how, how good it actually was. Once you go over the drop, and it's just like full on. It's crazy. Shane, Adrian, Riley, how, how did you get into theme parks? Well, for me, it's through the front gate. <laughs> Welcome back to the Theme Park Cartel Podcast. We are here for another year. It's 2024. Happy New Year, guys. I am back today with Adrian and Shane. How are you guys doing? Hey, happy New Year. Yeah, good, good. Happy New Year. So I guess I guess we're going to start off the podcast with um, what we always do on the news podcast, which is what we've been up to. Um, we're going to dive into everything we were up to or, uh, in December. So, like, this is the most amount of times I've ever visited theme parks in a long time. <laughs> I've normally been just editing my videos, but I've been—I think I've been there like nearly every single week. So, pretty much what I've been doing. I, I went to White Christmas. That was—I went there with Adrian on the second night. I think it was. Um, that was good fun. I won't dive too much into it because spoiler alert for our next episode. We're going to be doing White Christmas and Hooray for Hollywood review. But um, what else have we been up to? So the week after that, actually, the Dream World Flyer opened. So I attended the day after and got my first ride on the Dream World Flyer, uh, which is always, always it's, it's so much fun, that ride. I, I love it. Um, the week after that, I went to the Big Red Boat opening. I think I was there maybe five hours after you guys because you guys got there right when they did the big opening, which was good. Um, how was that, by the way? How was that? It was good, really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like a bit of a, you know, Greg was there doing his spiel, so that was good. There was a few mm. people there. Yeah, and they did it yeah. in the little boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little photo op. Yeah, had the TV cool. TV news there. Plenty of people there lining up, ready to go. And um, that was good. It was really awesome. I guess a couple of days after that, uh, myself and Adrian attended Hooray for Hollywood. Shane was obviously going to come, but. Some some nature didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to let that happen. Tornado. Yeah, that was that was crazy. You want to just touch on that real quick about everything that happened? Yeah, Christmas Christmas night. So yeah, uh, in the Gold Coast, uh, probably about nine o'clock. Um, we were actually out at friends for Christmas Day down the down the other end of Gold Coast, and uh, I was watching the radar because the we could see over the hinterland the weather was getting was was changing, and you know, storm was coming. But I was really looking at the weather, going, "Geez, it looks a bit different. It looks looks quite quite massive." So um, we decided to head off. I think we got home about eight o'clock, and and then we still checked the radar, and it didn't. Re- it was getting bigger, but it just uh, you know it was just a storm. Essentially, there was no warnings whatsoever that a tornado was coming. Um, but when it hit, geez, I tell you, I'd never heard anything like it. And we're in uh, our suburb was in one of the direct paths of of it, so. Um, my front door and garage, it was like I had a group of people out outside uh, absolutely banging the doors like crazy. So I'd never heard anything like that before. It was uh, it was quite frightening, to be honest. Um, and I thought, geez, the door's going to blow in. Um, I thought the, the outdoor um, roof was going to come off. Um, but uh, fortunately for us, um, none of those things happened. Um, but our street was um, annihilated with um, 
not just trees down. When I say trees down, trees were pulled out of the ground. So it's one thing to see trees snapped and fallen, but to see them actually pulled out of the ground with like the grass still around the base of it and it just all over the roads and it was insane, man. Just like seeing houses and fences and just devastation everywhere uh, was was crazy. Obviously, we lost power for we lost it for about three days. Other people, some are still without power, um, but most people were probably about a week um, without power. So we were fortunately only only without for three days. But we also had no internet and we also had no phone coverage at all because it knocked out the towers and everything. So uh, pretty pretty bad. I mean, we we're fortunate again. We didn't have uh, too much damage. Just had to fix up a few little fence things and clean up a bit. Um, but of course, we lost all the food and everything out of freezers and that. So that was uh, you know disappointing. But again, other people were a lot worse off, and uh, it's still a massive cleanup now. I and mean, we had floods just literally um, through New Year's, uh, massive floods through the Gold Coast. And again, we're not affected by that where we are, but. You know, there's, yeah, it, it's it's pretty devastating. And tambourines, really bad. We even lost uh, radio and television transmissions several times over a few days. Um, just the weekend, just gone because the tower up there was um, damaged as well. So uh, it's, it's pretty ordinary uh, Christmas and uh, New Year's, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. crazy, just crazy. You kind of forget like how much you use power until you lose it, <laughs> and then oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and we were in the middle of a heat wave, like 36-degree days and almost 30-degree nights with no air con, no fans, and if you put the windows open, you just got hot air coming in. So you just literally just sweat. So we had to just jump in the car to get some air conditioning, try and go about two suburbs away to try and get some phone reception so we could just check on what's happening because we couldn't even get radio, nothing, couldn't get anything. Um, and then we had to try and find ice just to get some cold drinks going and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, it was really hard to find ice. Um, had to drive quite a way away to get ice. But um, anyway, we managed, but yes, yeah, there's, there's a lot more worse off people, unfortunately, out yeah. there still. But SES doing a great job, emergency services. Um, yeah. yeah Especially Energex would have been working non-stop. Energex. Yeah. yeah, those guys. Yeah. Like I think initially there was 400 on on the ground and then it moved up to about – Seven or eight hundred people yeah, from Energex right. yeah. working yeah. to try and get around, and then over a thousand power lines went down, um, which is the problem. And then Tambourine Mountain, their power system up there actually got destroyed, so they actually have to rebuild it. All um, right, that's yeah, and some of the houses got destroyed too. Yeah, it was really bad. It was definitely a, a was a, a category two tornado, um, and the I think I can't think of the the top speed was over two hundred kilometers an hour that they measured. So. Yeah, insane. Yeah, and obviously, as as a result of that, the parks were closed. Uh, yeah, big damage. Day, especially, Massive. and then yeah. obviously the rain and and all that floods and everything over the last two days. Of the, yeah, was the yeah. first and second it was closed. So yeah, yeah, they only reopened today. Um, after the tornado, I think the the water parks didn't open for another another day later than the parks. Um. Hence, the day I visited Movie World, hooray for Hollywood, which was I think the day after you guys, the second day. That was the first day of the of the water parks being open, and it was thirty six degrees. It was a, a heat wave, and I think everyone. In fact, it was the busiest I drove past on the way home. The busiest I'd ever seen Wet and Wild, 
it was insane. Cars were just everywhere. Like I'm talking up the roads everywhere, and then all the traffic lights were still out. It was chaos. But um, yeah, it was. It made movie world a little bit easier to get around on that day because the busiest yeah. day traditionally is the 27th. Um, but yeah, so parks were closed. Paradise Country is still closed. That got quite a lot of damage. Um, and Top Golf, I'm not sure if it's open yet, but that was that was still closed because all the netting got major yeah. damage. Yeah, major damage. But um, yeah, or opposite movie, or even the trees at the front of Movie World, uh, across the road from Movie World, just massive, massive gum trees just pulled out of the ground. Insane. I've never seen it down there. Um, down that way to the coast, and just the amount of trees that weren't just blown over; they were just they were completely flattened, pulled out of the ground, root balls and all. Yeah, so, yeah, and Crazy. just the amount that were down was pretty. Yeah, because yeah. me and Adrian yeah. are more more towards Brisbane, and yeah. mm. we obviously got hit, but <laughs> it's a different level up on the Gold Coast yeah. there, or down on the Gold mm, Coast. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. because we like we are, I live in like an old Queenslander, and we pretty much just got heaps of rain, and like everything was fine until, like, obviously our old house here is built on a really bad slab because. <laughs> The water was like coming up through the slab, or I don't know how it worked, but it might have started flooding my my um studio here. <laughs> it wasn't uh-huh. that bad. It wasn't like too bad. I just put towels down, saved it all, uh, luckily. But um, yeah, we just got heaps of rain. Really, I think a, a tiny yeah. bit of wind, but definitely when we were when I was driving up to um, Movie World on the twenty seventh, it was just like a a war zone had happened. Just trees yeah, yeah. everywhere. Just it was. Yeah. Crazy and yeah, no, all yeah. the lights were out. I think when we were there, mm. there wasn't any police. Oh, yeah, um, no police traffic lights were out. Mm. It was yeah. just a free for all, just <laughs> whoever yeah. goes, goes. It was just crazy. And and there was so many intersections like that. And it was, I think everyone knew that they really had to just, you know, be exceptionally courteous to each other to, to get through it because usually people are running red lights and you know, they're always in a hurry, but you know. It was good to see that everyone was um, taking extra care. Obviously, they didn't want to have a, an accident. So, yeah, yeah pretty right, crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So, first off, it was White Christmas, which, um, yeah, it was a good event. But, yeah, we'll touch base on that in the, the next podcast. And then Dreamworld Fly, it opened on the Friday, didn't it? And then I think I got down there the Saturday. So, yeah, went for a ride on that, which it's a, a good family attraction. It'll be a great you know, great spot for it at the front of the park there. Um, and then, yeah, the following week, the Wiggles Big Red Boat Coaster opened. So we got there to see that. Got a ride on that. So for a powered coaster, it's actually, it's good. Like I think um, kids will love it. Well, you know, a lot of fun for them. And then the Hooray for Hollywood event to end off the month. So, and that was good. And it was a, such a busy day. It, it, yeah, it must have been the busiest day, I reckon, there for sure, Shane. It was chockers. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's because all the crowds were that wanted to go on Boxing Day, obviously went the yeah. day after, and then it was just, and yeah. uh, like un- yeah. unfortunately, what happened was they obviously couldn't open Wild West Falls because all the branches and everything was yeah. in the ride. Um, we saw it pretty much in the front trough there where the final drop is, but we couldn't see what's down the back. There could be trees everywhere. There could be you never yeah. know. So it could be mm. a lot worse. Um, yeah. but did it open the next day when you were there, Shane? Yeah, it was open. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yep. they must have done a really quick cleanup job, which is pretty good. Yeah, I, I heard um, pretty much there was crews working 24 hours at all the parks, Dreamworld, 
movie world, um, as particularly those two parks. Back open so quick. Went wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Because uh, there was a lot of there was a lot, lot of uh, trees down, and you know, yeah. yeah, there was stuff covering. I think the Walrus Falls uh, retail store might have had a tree down on the roof there as well on on the day on the on on the day that it happened. So, yeah. Yeah, good. it was because I obviously I did my TikTok video that went crazy viral on TikTok. Everyone was going, "Oh, it's so long! The lines are so long!" And then uh, some news article picked up on it, and they posted about me on the news. Yeah. And they they always do the the stupid um, clickbait article, which is like, "Theme park enthusiast was shocked when he saw the massive lines." <laughs> And I was like, no, I was not shocked. That was the reason I went there because I knew it was going to be busy. Yeah. And yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, two and, like, and a half hour waits. Uh, yeah. The thing, the thing was, we we're on we we're on Main Street, um, and then I think we were just walking around for a bit, and then Adrian must have gone off to see Superman's line, and then he came back and he's like, "Have you seen Superman's line?" I was like, "Nah." He's like, "It's all the way to the front of the park." I was like, oh, okay, they they must be, like, holding them, them up at the front. And I walked all the way down under the, the archway there, all the way to the front, and I was like, there's actually people inside. <laughs> so, Oh, really? What, so I, it was queued right from the queue line? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah I was very – The DC store. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So I think what happened was because that line was all the way to the front and then they, they – I think they ended up putting tape on the ground. Because I went back at two p.m. and they were kind of zigzagging before they go into the line. So, so, so the next day, yeah, they'd actually pushed. I don't know if it was like this on the day you visited, but they had pushed that construction fence uh, back and they'd actually put the green zigzag the green ah. tape in there as well. So that's obviously to try and help with those crowds. So it's not pushing back out to um, Main Street because mm. that's yeah, that's crazy. That just causes so much congestion. Yeah. What was the what was the wait time? Two and a half hours. Yeah. Uh it got up to it got up to three and a half at one point. Yeah. <laughs> three and a half yeah. hours, Jesus. At about two PM, yeah. yeah. Daniel got on the ride to pay twenty five bucks and go backwards on DC Rivals. Yeah, it was well yeah, worth it. Yeah, yeah. Well worth it. Well exactly. Yeah. We got I gotta ask Adrian. Adrian got his first ever ride backwards on DC Rivals Hypercoaster. <laughs> Give us still, your full review. Still and even now, it's still hard to comprehend how how good it actually was. Like going forward, yes, it's fun. That you know, you scream, it's good. You know where you're going, but going backwards seems to take longer to get up to the top. And then once you go over the the drop, and it's just like full on. It's crazy for the you know for till the the loop, the, till the non inverting loop. And then yeah, I think I screamed the entire time. I don't think I took a breath. So it was <laughs> it was awesome. But then once you you get out to the furthest part out there and it's sort of it's still really good and you know moving you around and that but it's sort of i would sort of calm down a little bit by then until we got to the bunny hops the bunny hills on the way back so but yeah i think by the time i got off there my heart rate was at 122 beats per minute so yeah it was so full on so yeah no it's doing and i would definitely do it again it's definitely that first drop going backwards is like I've, I did all of those coasters over in the states, and it's still one of the craziest first drops, like on a coaster. Yeah. Like just, just because you're getting pulled, and the harness is the only thing stopping you. And it's just kind of, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. You kind of got to know what it is, what it's like to 
to feel what it, what it is like on the ride. But yeah, also when we're going up backwards, we got a sneak peek of something that we'll talk about in the news. But yeah. um, I think going because when you're going down forwards, it's obviously pushing you back into the seat. So yeah. like you said, when you you're going down backwards and you're getting pulled out of the seat, it's yeah, even a bit freakier. Mm. Yeah. I looked to my looked to my right and I was like, is there a girl script? Oh no, it's just Sadie. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, nah, definitely I definitely recommend it. Especially like yeah. on a busy like as theme park enthusiasts, as a lot of guys listening, you guys are probably theme park enthusiasts as well. You guys will probably know that this time of year it's the busiest time of year to go. So if you're going to ride coasters, it's gonna be a long wait. So be prepared to pay the fast pass. If not, just be prepared yeah. to stand in line, I guess. Um, but yeah, that it is the busiest time of the year. And it, it was kind of unfortunate because of the storm. So Wild West Falls wasn't open. Uh, Hollywood Stunt Driver wasn't open. And no. we, we think that's because they might have been storing some branches or trees in that area. That's just a guess. <laughs> and I think not all the characters were there as well. Because um, we didn't see Austin Powers at all, so yeah, no, that we didn't. Been just a staffing issue as well, and yeah, I don't think they yeah. had a chance to swap over the Marvin the Martian clip when we were there as well in the 4D cinema. Yeah. I don't know if they have yeah. even still done that because yeah. I, I don't think it's uh, yeah they've changed it online too to Scoob 4D. And I know initially ah. you're right; it, it was definitely advertised as Marvin the Martian. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I was shocked to see it. I was like, oh. Yeah, Adrian asked the staff member, and they what did they say? Yeah, they said because of the obviously because of the storm, they didn't get time to do anything, and they were still they were still going to look at doing it, but obviously, yeah, maybe they haven't yet. But yeah, mm. still a great event. It, I, did, I want to go back again as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, also with that, when that um, when they do swap a movie over, yeah, there's all the massive amount of adjustments to do. Obviously, with yeah. the settings of the seats and stuff so yeah understandable yeah yeah i think um because yeah it it really impacted with a couple rides being down especially green lantern was down as well then and, and that's mm. unscheduled maintenance which there's obviously down, something right? there's obviously something wrong with sns <laughs> yeah their coasters. <laughs> that that coaster kind of seems to go down randomly and i don't think movie World would be very happy with sns <laughs> Uh, and they wouldn't be happy with uh, they wouldn't be happy with Intamin either with Doomsday. So they've got two problems. <laughs> it was working the day we were there. <laughs> it was working. It was work. Oh, half working. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, it it was a busy day, and I don't it moved like we we kind of said was it worth opening because there was a lot of people there, and they would have got a cash load of money <laughs> from that day opening. Yeah, but. How many complaints they would have got? I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably a lot. Um, I reckon. And I yeah, that's right. Yeah. Knowing that they're going to be busy, expecting it to be busy. So I always go and think, well, if I'm going to do something, I'll be prepared to line up or wait just that little bit longer. So you know, to take through, you know, to get a drink or to get a churro or something like that. So if you expect mm. that, it's not too bad. That's right. And Shane, have you touched on what you've been up to? I guess. <laughs> similar <laughs> pretty much exactly the same uh yeah so uh what was the first year white, white, white christmas yeah i think yeah. yeah opening night white christmas uh which was uh yeah pretty awesome 
with the Dreamwood Flyer. Um, I was invited along to the, um, to the to the media launch there, uh, which was cool because we were a- we were able to do um, on ride POV for that, which is uh, unheard of. So um, it was it was really good of them to to allow allow that for that one off thing. Um, and yeah, it's an awesome attraction. Just it, it really is. It's a great ride, and um, ridden it a few times now. It's it's awesome, and at night too, which is great. Different experience again. Um, and then yeah, big red boat coaster. Um, and again, we're Adrian and I were there for the yeah, official opening. And again, they allowed us because the the media was there uh, on that first ride to do a to do an on ride, which was which was great. And it is a really awesome coaster. It, it's uh. It rides. I think it was my first time as well for a powered coaster, and it definitely rides quite different. And that um, that that second helix is it's quite a, it's it's quite banked, and and it actually feels quite fast. It doesn't look fast, but it is when you're on it. So it's it's a cool coaster. Um, we enjoyed it, and yeah, families are gonna love it. So um, it was I, I cool. was I went because I went there after you guys, and I was lining up. That's right. Yeah. And and I, I was on my own, and then they put me right at the front, and I was like, oh, I feel so bad. Some kid has to come at the front. I'm like taking the front uh, the front spot from a kid. So luckily, some luckily I found some kid that wanted to go at the front. So I sat in the second row. I also yeah. I, the, there's like a little jolt or something at, towards that second helix, and I'm not sure there if is. it's meant to be there or not. And I'm it's, yeah, I'm pretty sure like Dreamwell will be asking Zamperla like. Is this normal? Like, because I mean, like when you buy something online or something, and it's there's something wrong with it, you're gonna ask the question to the person you bought it from. Uh, what's what's this? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that, well, they were there. Uh, some Perla were there. Um, true. Yeah. So, uh, and it definitely it's it almost feels like it's going too fast or something for you know like for the track or something. Do you think? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, so it feels like. I don't. I, I obviously I'm. I have no idea about manufacturing coasters and all that, but I don't know. It might it might be like a production issue when they were building the track. I mean, surely they would have a thing that would say like, "We can get another piece of track, and we'll we won't charge you." Or we'll yeah, you know what I mean? Because mm. it is yeah. a brand new, like they would have paid good money for it, and it, when yeah. you're paying good money for something, you want it to be what you what you paid for. So. Um, for sure. It's like, for sure. But it's not like that bad. Like, it's not. It's not like it's gonna break your back or anything like that. It's just no. a tiny little thing. Yeah. But it's, it's up no, to Dreamworld, I guess, if they they want to fix it or not. I mean, it it adds to the ride experience, I suppose. But you know, <laughs> so yeah, as long as it's safe, it's the main thing, I suppose. Um, yeah, cool. And then yeah, then again, we you know visited the Hooray for Hollywood event on the second day, and it obviously wasn't as busy. Uh, that day which was great so um yeah that was uh it, it was it was definitely good it was again we'll go into it in more detail on the next podcast um uh, there's, there's a few good things and a few probably a couple of disappointing things uh, overall uh, but again it might be just a case of again like adrian was saying maybe it's staffing uh, issues people couldn't get to work because of the storm and access or no power or whatever whatever the case might be so maybe they couldn't run it to its force so uh, again visiting again um maybe in a week's time or, or something like that it might be a different experience so true, might be worth checking true. out again yeah, 100%. Mm. other than that that's pretty much it 
Yeah, I, I just forgot to mention that I, on the, the day that the Big Red Boat Coaster opened, I actually stayed through to the afternoon and into the night markets. It's actually the first time I've ever oh, been yeah. to the night markets. Um, oh, yeah, the, the Christmas night markets, yes. That was yeah. another before thing I get, we did. <laughs> before I get to the to riding the flyer at night, I did try the dumplings, and they are awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. They're best. They're the best. Yeah, they're so good. Um, but anyway, I did ride the flyer at night. I know a lot of people are saying it's too bright. I'm like, oh, nah, it's fine. I love, I love it. it. I love That's it. It's awesome. I like I didn't I didn't visit the night markets before the fly was there, so I can't really compare, but I can't imagine the night markets without it now. Like it's True. such yeah. it's so awesome. The lights, it was a bit it was dark without it. Was it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was in incredible. Like all the lights on there. And I I'll I'll put this for the record right now. I think it's my favorite flat ride in Australia. Just saying, mm. just saying. And I know I, I normally cool. like thrill rides and all that, but I, I don't know. I just relax on it. It's it's so much fun. You can kind of, if you twist a bit, you can kind of get a motion mm. going as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. I love it. And on a hot day, if you stretch your legs out, on if you're on the outside seats, you can get a bit of water action going on, a bit of splash going on as well. If yeah, you, it's like if a little, little misty kind of yeah. splash. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people ask, are you going to get wet on it? No, not really. Are you? No, yeah, you don't. No. And hopefully um, the operations will get better as they get more used to it, mm. staff get used to it more, and it'll get a bit, a little bit quicker. But although it is, yeah. it's what, it's putting 64 people on there at once, isn't it? So it's a yep. lot of people to get on there, get seated, seatbelts on, and then do all check, the checking. Check. So, I yeah. do think because at the night markets they scan your annual pass and then you get a wristband. I yeah. feel like maybe a stamp or something might be a little easier just because the wristband is... Surely it's costing them money to have the wristband. Like a little stamp. I don't know if that would work, but um, mm. it, it yeah. yeah, it might speed the operations up a bit. But, yeah, I do agree that the operations on that are a bit slow, but it's fine because of how many riders go on it at once. Yeah. And it's a pretty long ride cycle as well. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. About, yeah, it's over three minutes, I reckon. Yeah. What they should do, like you, you're absolutely right. They should when you go into the night market because you got to. If you're an annual pass holder, you you show your phone or you show your pass. Stamp stamp you stamp you there and then. Yeah. So 100%. then you can just go and ride it. They don't have to muck around. So the operation will be faster for that or for the um, dodgems as Although well. You, so it still might need someone at the front because I didn't leave the park and come back in. I just stayed in the park, so they might need someone still at the front doing that yeah good point yeah if you, yeah, yeah. Um, true true I, that that night i was there was really busy and i'm pretty sure there was quite a few people paying to ride it as well so that's always good to see mm, that's good good deal too Two for fifteen. Oh, yeah. so percent. Yeah. i wonder oh, like because mm. it's only one ride hey so i wonder if they'll bring in unlimited rides on it like that and the, the dodgems or something like that yeah. but um hopefully Never. like because it it was pretty busy the night i was there and i was like if it gets any busier, they could definitely open a couple more rides. Like, and the the queue was long for the flyer when you were there. Um, it wasn't long, but the ride was seemed full every time. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was because yeah. the loading process was a bit slow. You could kind of just walk straight on. Like I saw people, yeah. the line was yeah. going, was going, and they were loading, loading, loading. You could there were still people walking straight into it. So. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like 
packed. But it was weird because the line wasn't actually in the line. It was kind of before where you get your wristband. So people yeah. were lining up to get the wristband and then going on the ride. So, yeah, I guess mm. that stamp issue would maybe fix that issue as well. So, mm. nah, but yeah, I, I feel like because dodgems are open, because it's kind of like a dead dead space. Not a dead space, but like it's like a real dark area between the dodgems and, say, Tailspin. It's like yeah. not, not many lights down there. So maybe they could add some lights. Maybe they could open Tailspin or one of the rides. But it all depends on yeah. how many numbers they get there as well. So. Hopefully, mm. it keeps trending the way it does and keeps getting popular and popular. Definitely, yeah. But yeah, that's what we've been up to. Let's jump into some Australian theme park news. All right, so as we mentioned before, myself and Adrian went on DC Rivals backwards and we did get a, a, a good view of something. Um, and that was the Wizard of Oz construction. And from what we saw, or from what I what I could see personally, I think every single footer is in for both of the coasters. I'm I reckon, pretty sure. Yeah, I reckon you did that right, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I could kind of picture it in my head where the coaster is going to go, and it's pretty much exactly how the, the concept art is. So all the footers are in pretty much exactly the same spot. They had the slab down for the station. Yeah. So yeah. if if you're thinking about which way it's going to run, it's going to, I think it's going to go the opposite way to what Arkham went up the lift hill. So instead yeah. of going out that way, it's going to come back this come way back. towards um, Superman, I guess, um, and yeah. then drop around and then fly around like that. And then I think the boomerangs are going to be going up backwards towards kind of Superman that yeah. area, or maybe Scooby-Doo, um, yeah. and then drop down. But yeah, it's exciting. I think vertical construction is definitely going to start soon. Uh, did you notice anything else, Adrian? No, I just noticed, yeah, a lot of footers. Um, the station areas look like they were done. So it'll be, um, yeah, definitely worth going back on DC Rivals you know, in yeah. six months when a lot of the track will probably be up. So because that'll be or cool Batwing. to see. Batwing as well, hey. Yeah. yeah you're just going to yeah. get the right side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably not news. Oh, I said it is a bit of news, but the um, – all the construction now in Ocean Parade and Kenny and Belinda's Dreamlight is now done, so there's no construction walls there at all. So that's really good to see when you walk down there. Now it's just all completely open. So yeah, yeah. and then with um yeah, and then Rivertown, yeah, they're still doing earthworks in there. That's all I've seen in there recently. So yeah, I mean uh, pretty much the same. Um, although the Flash. Uh, at Movie World, have changed the um, obviously the date now to right, yep. just uh, opening twenty twenty four. So um, obviously that's been either um, delayed. I would say um, my guess is probably the June July holidays if it's not opening for April. Um, it's probably because if you think about it, Superman's going down uh, for three months. I think it's two, maybe two three months in February for annual maintenance so um obviously that you know restricts access to the flash anyway so i'd say maybe it's something to do with that too um but they of course they are completely redoing that whole entire ride so like literally everything's new i think you're just keeping you know the main skeleton structure the, the track and the you know the 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 side pieces where you where you queue up and and get off it but uh, everything else is basically being 
put in brand new. So um, I guess that's what's taking uh, a lot of time. But they're working around the clock. I was there on the weekend and they were, um, you know, working away um, constantly. So, um, yeah, we just don't, don't know exactly when that's due to open yet. Um, I think they were taking uh, some the LSMs on and off, which is confusing to me. That Maybe there's something wrong with the LSMs or I'm not yeah, too well, sure. But... Maybe. I mean, I haven't done any. Obviously, the ride vehicle's not on there yet either. So. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And they usually, when Superman goes down, they usually move the construction walls to the front of Superman, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that will give them a lot more room in there to move around and do yeah. things in Superman yeah. and the Flash, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, so, yeah, so we'll keep our own eye on what's going on, obviously, through through there. Um, you, you can just see some of the footers uh, of the Wizard of Oz, too, because, uh, as I mentioned before, they've they've moved that fence in Superman um, back toward the Wizard of Oz area again, like kind of like it was originally. I think that's just due to the peak season queuing to zigzag them so they're not going down a main street. But you could just see the corner of the site and you could just make out a, a fair bit there. So it's interesting to hear that you guys seen like a lot more there. So yeah, hopefully we'll see vertical uh, real soon starting to creep up above those buildings. Um, that, that'll be really exciting. So to see that. Um, and then the um, at SeaWorld, the, um, the pathway uh, is almost complete. And between, um, yeah, between Ray Reef and um, the Storm Coaster. So they've landscaped the heck out of that. Um, Someone sent me some pictures the other day, and um, they were there on. I think he said he was there on. Oh, what day is it today? I lost track of the days at the moment. Um, I think he was there on the weekend actually, and he said that it still wasn't open. So, it, but it, surely it's any day because um, it was looking really close. Um, maybe to be maybe open. maybe I've got to do some um, testing on it first. People walking on it, test it. Staff training. He said that. Yeah, staff training, yeah, evacuation, <laughs> evacuation procedures. Um, but the other, the other part where the, um, I guess the load station was, which we've noticed is all, you know, some time ago now, it was all filled in, so it's sort of flat now up there. Um, that's still just as it as it was. Um, nothing has regressed in that area, so I don't know what they're doing there. So um, that's for the flume station, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah it does, it does look a bit of, looks a bit of an eyesore. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. So um, interesting, interesting to see what they plan to do with that space. Um, wasn't much else at SeaWorld. Um, and, yeah, other than that, like Adrian mentioned, just um, what's been going on at Dreamworld there. It's it's exciting to see that whole Dreamland open now, Play School Wheel. Everything was open Boxing Day. Oh, no, sorry, um, on the day of the uh, Big Red Boat launch, which was the 23rd, I think. So it was all open from that date. Um, yeah, and Rivertown, geez, they've done a lot. They've, even though it's groundworks, they've done a lot of work in there. And they've, when Adrian and I were there last, they, they carved out a big, massive, like circular piece of the ground and all the stonework's going on and like all put down. So it, it's looking, look, looking, progressing quickly from the groundworks perspective. So I'm sure we'll, I mean, if you think about it, the whole thing is going to go up in a year. Mm. That's 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 insane, really. I, you know, considering the whole roller coaster, a whole another Mississippi motor attraction, all the theming, it's insane. So it's going to really go. It's going to be literally like the other projects. It's going to be literally week to week, pretty much day by day. We're going to see massive change. 
So, you know, we'll all keep everyone updated. Obviously, each time we will visit the parks and and, and um, do our little um, updates there. So it'll be, yeah, interesting to see the progress. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. and um, we can finally say it's opening this year. Yeah. <laughs> this year. This year. We'll be riding it. We'll be riding yeah. it in it'll 12 months' time. Five new coasters yeah. opening this year. Yeah, it's what crazy. What Big year. Big year for Australian yeah. theme parks. Anything else on Australian theme parks? Are we ready to to jump on a plane? That's about it. Too easy. Actually, before we before we get on the plane, I was I was listening to um, Jags's live stream, and he was talking about the costs of flights at the moment because they're they're quite expensive, aren't they? Like mm, yep. compared to five years ago. How about yeah. do, you, do you remember what your flights were when you went over there, Adrian? I think they were close to two grand. Mm, so I think here, yeah. I, I think my daughter might have paid. Two and a half, so yeah. and that was this well, last year. Now, so I think mine yeah, was about that as well. So yeah, compared to the cheapest flights we've ever gotten, were just over a grand each, um, and that was a long time ago now. But we, I reckon, average ones were about twelve hundred bucks for us. So I've booked my flights to go in May this year. And I'm pretty sure everyone's heard of Skyscanner before, but Skyscanner is pretty good. And yeah. you just, I just, you just keep checking it. I think you can put a price lock on it as well, or a price alert. And somehow I got return flights from Brisbane to LA and back um, for twelve hundred. So I mean, it's good, pretty good. Yeah, and this, good for now. Yeah, for now. For yeah. yeah, I mean, compared mm. to five years ago, pretty expensive. But yeah, for, for what costs of everything is now, it's. I thought it was pretty good. Unfortunately, I had to change my flight to two weeks after because I booked it when the, the I didn't realize because the theme parks over there are like seasonal, so mm-hmm. they're not open all year. So I booked it and then I was like, hold up, <laughs> just probably checked which which uh, theme parks are open. So I just pushed it back two weeks. But yeah, I guess let's jump on a plane and let's go overseas. So instead of going to the US first, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us over to the UK. And some big news dropped about a big company, just a big company, not not a not a tiny little one, just a just a big one called um it's called Universal. I think have you guys heard of that before? Universal? Yeah. 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 I think small part. <laughs> yeah, just a small one. Um <laughs> they're building a new well, plans to build a new theme park in the UK. And they're they're saying it's going to be original not original attractions but completely new attractions in in every single ride there apparently um so it's not going to be like you know when you get disney rides and a couple universal actually and they kind of just like copy and paste it into other parks hopefully mm. this one's going to be all fresh and and brand new so that's going to be good um you guys heard it's in bedford is that correct bedford, bedford yeah bedford, yeah. yeah um so yeah, I mean, it's exciting for the UK because there's actually quite a lot of enthusiasts over in the UK. Um, mm. I actually looked up. They've got about 120 theme parks, pretty sure. Maybe, I don't know how many is open and how many is abandoned, but it's about that many. Um, so there's quite a fair bit more than what we have here. Um, yeah. And, and I guess their their population is, is it similar to ours, but it, the, the land that they're on is so much tinier than what? We haven't. Yeah. Yet, so. Yeah. Well, they've already um, purchased the land, so they they do own the land. 
um, there. So um, they're pretty much at the early stages of exploring its feasibility for a potential park and a resort at that site. So that's, um, like you say, that's exciting, massive exciting news for the UK. So, and obviously people around the world who want to go there. So, and I think it's, it's like halfway between London and Manchester, maybe. I think I was looking up. Yeah. It's kind of like in that middle spot. So I guess they, they purposely bought it there so they can draw people in from London and then they can draw people in from up North as well. That's probably a smart move. It's sort of got to be good for the parks over there as well, because it's going to make them lift their game a bit to compete with Universal as well. So it'll be good for the people mm. over there. Very true. I think their oh, park, yeah. most of their parks, or maybe just a some of them, are owned by Merlin. Pretty sure Merlin yeah. Entertainment. So, I mean, Merlin's a yeah. pretty big company. So that'll, yeah, that'll hopefully that'll <laughs> encourage them to keep putting in some awesome rides as well. Maybe some mm. awesome dark rides to compete with Universal. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exciting times in the UK. That's pretty much all yeah. I've got for World Theme Park news. What have you guys got? Um, just quickly, the um. Haunted Mansion at Disneyland in California. It's closing on the 22nd of January, I believe, to get an outdoor overlay done, I guess. Well, not an overlay, an expanded new area. Um, so that'll be good. And I think they're building a new um, retail shop adjacent to the exit as well. So when you get off true to Disney form, you get off the ride straight through the gift shop and... Boy, gifts on the way out. So, did you say uh, yeah, there's no Dis- opening Disneyland, Disneyland, yeah, or? in California, yep, no, Disneyland, okay. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that queue is outdoors, isn't it? Or is it, yeah, 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 you walk through the front yard, um, yeah, that's right, yeah. and then up onto the side of the stairs. So, this one, I think, is going, I was looking at the Haunted Mansion, I think it's on the right hand side. Um, so you walk through a small garden through there, so that, that'll look pretty good. And then the gift shop. Gift shops are always fun to go through, especially their gifts. I think are pretty good over there. But yeah, no opening date for that. Um, and then the um, Donkey Kong Country Coaster has been testing at Universal as well in Universal Studios Japan. So someone flew over that and got some footage of it going around so there's some quick snippets on x and if you search youtube there'll be some on youtube there as well so it's pretty good to see i can't wait to see like full video testing of that and maybe even some on-ride footage from people so that'd mm. be cool 100 percent. i think yeah i saw a small snippet of it and it, i don't think i could see the jump of the track yet but i think it was getting pushed up the hill or something like that um, you'll probably be able to see it on YouTube or wherever it's been put out onto. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's testing and it's exciting. I'm not, so, mm. so they say, did they say spring 2024 or they just say 2024? I think it's, I think it was spring 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's coming up pretty soon. So, Hey, book a flight to Japan. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not yeah. far, not long away. So, well, yeah. yeah. Plus, uh, mm. And still in Japan, that's not opening this year, but um, Space Mountain goes down on the 31st of July. For It's basically getting a rebuild. So they're building a new mountain behind the current mountain, and they're going to put the coaster in there. Um, and then the mountain that's in front that's currently there is going to be torn down, and there's going to be like a big uh, garden sort of entrance area in front, So which... 
I believe that is meant to be completed next year. So that will be pretty cool to see. And there was a, is that Fantasy Springs that was opening? Or is that, is that opened? Or maybe it's this year. I, I feel like it got pushed back. I can't remember which park it was at. It might have been just the original Disneyland park to, to, in Tokyo. Um, but I think they were building, I think it was called Fantasy Springs. Um, but I think that's got, might have Frozen in it or maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I think, I think Tokyo is going to be on a lot of people's hit lists. Mm. Surely this year or even next year. Because, I mean, it's, it's, how far is it? I think it's only eight hour flight from Australia. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's only about eight hours. Yeah. So it's definitely close. Even um, Japan or Hong Kong are still fairly close here, but if I had to pick two, I'd probably go to Japan. Like it's Mm. the theming there is unbelievable. Um, We went there 2001. Um, And yeah, even back then it was great. So, but if I go overseas again, it'll be Hong Kong next because I haven't been there yet. Yeah. A bit bit cheaper than the US. (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's all I got. So easy. Let's jump into some coaster news. All right. So coming out of Cedar Point, uh, it was about the middle of December. We saw Top Thrill 2 testing already, which is very soon. They kind of topped off the spike. I think we touched on it last episode. So that must have been November that they topped off the spike. And then a couple of weeks later, Trains on the track, testing already. That's, I think that's unheard of for Cedar Point because it's uh, winter over there now. And I'm pretty sure up north there, they get a lot of snow every now and then. Um, and mm. it's pretty cold. So, yeah, that that's, um, I guess, I guess they're, they're taking no chances with Zamperla because <laughs> they've never, I don't <laughs> think Zamperla's done anything to the size of this before. So, Probably a smart move, getting it on the track and, and testing it. It does. I think they were testing it without the zero car as well, so it kind of looked funny because <laughs> the, yeah. the zero cars. If you don't know, the zero cars that uh, front shell kind of thing that sits on the front. So um, it looked funny, and they they put they actually did POVs and everything for it. So yeah. the marketing team knows that. what they're doing. The marketing team yeah. knows what they're doing. Um, staying in, actually, all my coastal users are in the US. I seem to love the US. I love the US. <laughs> um, fire in the hole at Silver Dollar City. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this attraction before, um, but that actually is getting an upgrade from RMC. And it was about a week ago or a couple of days ago, actually, that um, people got their last ever rides on fire in the hole. Um, actually, one of my mates over there put up a story. I'm pretty sure a lady that wrote it on opening day I can't remember what, it might've been like 1970s around that time. She wrote it that day and then she wrote it on the last day. So yeah, how cool Cool. is that? Um, So it is, yeah, it is getting redone by RMC. I think they're trying to pay homage to the original by keeping a lot of original things in it, but I think it's just getting an update to be maybe more reliable or something like that. I think they're getting new train. Actually that they are getting new trains because they revealed it at IAPA. So Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I rode um, Blaze, uh, yeah, Blazing Fury at Dollywood, and it, it's very similar to that. And I, I can see it's such a classic ride, and it's actually classed as a coaster, but it's it, there's not really – it's weird. It has like – it goes around in a circle kind of, maybe it does a couple laps, 
not not laps. I mean, like it goes around on itself a couple times, but it's it's very hard to describe because it's pretty much ninety percent dark rides, and then the drops are kind of maybe five ten meter drops. They're not very big, but it's definitely a classic and old school attraction, and it's good to see that Silver Dollar City knows that it's a classic and they want to keep it around. It's kind of it's kind of like um, Scooby Doo here, how we're getting the upgrade to it and all. They want to keep mm. the classic around, the, the much-loved attractions around. So that's really good to see. And I actually saw this a couple of days ago on Instagram that – because have you guys heard of Desperado? Actually, I might have been talking to you at, at the theme parks. It's like a, a coaster out in Las Vegas, or maybe it's a couple of miles out of Las Vegas. It's a hyper coaster. And it's been yeah. SPNO since 2019, I think. It's like the randomest like <laughs> coaster you'll ever see because it's, it's just one in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Yeah, Buffalo Bills Resort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. I remember driving past that on our way to Vegas and thinking that just looks so awesome. So <laughs> but didn't get to go on it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an arrow hyper. So um it's just so like um, if you guys have driven from LA to Los Angeles before at Las Vegas before, you probably would have seen it um, on the side and it's just like, why Why is that there <laughs> at a casino? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's been SBNO. And then I think someone asked them about it and then they replied by saying we're hoping to get it open soon. So fingers crossed that that doesn't sit SBNO for too much longer. So no. that, that one there, <clears throat> didn't it go down in like 2020? So it was 2019. It might have been 2020, actually. It was around that time. And I'm pretty sure they, they closed the hotel for COVID. Um, I was reading up on it. And then they refurbished the hotel. It didn't actually open until maybe the end of last year. Mm. Um, so they've obviously op- refurbished the hotel and opened that back up. But maybe they just were like, that cost us too much money to um, maintain at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was... Um... Something to do with maintenance uh, issues, or I don't know. I remember hearing something about it back then. So you know, probably yeah, like you say, they run a casino. It's <laughs> like I got this roller coaster. You know, and they, they should, call, money shouldn't uh, be an issue for them. Call room, <laughs> call room service and maintenance to come and uh, un- unblock your your drain. Can you also come fix the roller coaster as well? <laughs> yeah. oh, old Jose rocks up and tries to. <laughs> Success. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So interesting. That's an interesting one. That one. Yeah, it is really very is. interesting. Mm. Uh, uh, it's just a, a construction update on Iron Menace. So they've got the um, that's the new coaster going in at Dorney Park. Um, so they just got the Beyond Vertical drop installed um, recently. So that'd be one coaster that I wouldn't mind doing because I, if I ever get back to that side of the states again. So um, I had never been on a dive coaster and they always look cool. So, yeah. yeah, it's I think it's, it um, it's the first coaster Dorney Park has added in a long time. Ten years. Ten years, yeah, something I'm like sure that. Ten years, I think, yeah. yeah. Quite a long time. So much yep. needed for that park. Um, I think it's it's owned by Cedar Fair, I'm pretty sure. Actually, well, Six Flats. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> Whoever it's owned by now. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like a park that, needed some love and now it's getting some love and it looks like a good coaster it looks like a good dive mm. coaster um yeah one much needed love that park and 
and hopefully I'll get there one day as well. All right. So we put out a um, thing on the last podcast saying we're changing our Q&A from uh, questions on Instagram and all that because we wanted to get you guys more involved. So we've actually got a couple of questions here from you guys. So thank you for uh, sending in those questions. And you guys ready to kick off the questions? Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, Rolly, Shane and Adrian, Dane from Dane's Theme Park Life and Skeddy Cat number one from Fright Nights. Um, <laughs> long-time listener, first-time contributor. Firstly, love the podcast. Secondly, I think Dreamworld Flyer is a great addition to the park. It's such a beautifully presented ride, brings some great kinetic energy to the front of the park. All of it's just so well done. Beautiful queue buildings, colour scheme is simple, fountains and lights add that wow factor. It's a classic boardwalk fairground attraction and it's fun the park's really kicking some goals and it's definitely headed in the right direction um i do have a two-part question for you guys which back row coaster experience is most rewritable backwards rivals and leviathan or spinning steel taipan my vote steel taipan secondly are our upcharges too expensive 25 bucks for a backward slash spinning seat which I'd say 70 to 80% of the time are empty, 179 bucks for fast track in peak times, and you're looking at 15 to 30 bucks for one shots. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Yeah, I guess, mm. great question. Um, yeah. I guess, touch, first of all, we'll touch on the Dream of Flyer. Yes, we, I think we all agree that it looks incredible. Um, as I said at the start of the podcast, it's my favorite flat ride now. It's so, it's mm. so relaxing. Like, it's a relaxing ride. It's not intense. You could re-ride that a million times. Now, going into yeah. re-rides on... So, I've only done... I've actually only done backwards on DC Rivals. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't done backwards on Leviathan. Have any of you guys done backwards on Leviathan? Not yet. No. Not yet. And then Adrian is the only one that's done spinning on Steel Taipan. Yep. It, it's, it's definitely a tough question because it, he's, not, he's not asking if it's the best. He's asking if it's re-rideable. Yeah. Well, I think they're both re-rideable for sure. Um, but Steel Taipan's definitely not as intense as um, DC Rivals for sure. But I'd, I'd definitely go on them again. It's just, yeah, like you said, the cost, 25 bucks each. So it's not something that you would do every time you go to the park. Yeah. But, yeah, every now and then. Now, because you're the only one that's been on two of them, um, we can't really add Leviathan into it, so that's not really fair because none of us has done it. No. If you had to go on one in the same day, so if you had to go two times on two back-to-back -back rides on backwards DC rails, oh. or would you go steel type in? I'd probably have to say steel type in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. back to back. Yeah, two in one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really comment because I haven't done Leviathan backwards. At or still type in. If I had to guess, I'd probably say still, ah, sorry, Leviathan backwards. It mm. just doesn't seem as intense as the other two because the other one's spinning and I don't, I don't yeah. really get sick spinning, but it, I think it's pretty intense while you're spinning and going upside down and all that. If you got two people evenly weighted, it doesn't spin quite as much. I'd like to give it a crack if I'm the only person on there to see how much it actually spins. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't do it because if I get disorientated, I'll black out um, just because <laughs> of my blood pressure. But um, 
I haven't done rivals yet because again, like Adrian was saying, Andy Riley, it's 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 pretty intense. And again, I, I don't yeah. I'm not sure if I'll black out on that, but um I actually want to do Leviathan backwards. I, I don't think I'd black out on that. I think it'd be quite an exhilarating ride backwards. So um as far as the upcharge is concerned, you know, um when Rivals first opened, it was ten dollars. And pretty much those seats were full all the time. So, uh, and then it went to 15, I think they went to 20, now, now it's, what, 25. Uh, obviously, each each year the theme park's got to try and make additional revenue. Um, that's, you know, what, what they're, I guess, challenged with is how can we get more out of the punters um, to keep the place running and put more attractions and rides in and all that sort of thing. Um, but, they get, you know, it gets to a point, um, yeah, if they're not, if they're running and then they're empty most of the time, you know, it's it's not really it's not a great thing. I think if you fill more up more often, uh, potentially you make more money if it was a bit cheaper. So maybe not ten dollars, maybe fifteen dollars is probably the price point I would suggest or think would be good. But um, yeah, I think twenty five is is definitely just just pushing up there. And as as far as fast track is concerned, geez, that's uh, you know I I couldn't afford it. Like I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I know I get fast track for like. The mazes for Fright Nights and that, but that's just because of filming. Otherwise, there's no chance you'd get the filming done. Um, for rides, um, that, that's just it's it's very expensive for one ride of each of the five rides. I think it is. Um, I mean, if you've only got limited time, understandable, but it's only there for the one day. But if you've got a family of four or five or more, 170 bucks at peak times. Four or five, and that, that's a lot of extra money. That's a huge amount of extra money. And originally, those fast tracks were around fifty dollars. I'm talking, you know, maybe eight or, eight or so years ago, maybe. But still, yeah, you know, it's just they're so expensive. I um, think, I think they sh- that for for um the upgrades for like backwards and everything. So for me, for me and Adrian, we paid twenty five dollars. And I think it was totally worth it at this time of year. At this time of year, yeah. it's yeah. worth it. I feel like it should be scaled. So maybe when it hits winter, it goes drops to 15 and then goes mm. back to 25. It's a good point because they do actually do that with other things in their parks. For example, cabanas at the water parks, there's a price for uh, off-peak and there's a price for peak. And the price for peak is more expensive. And uh, I think like Dame was saying there, um, fast track is. I think it's. I think it might go back to one fifty off peak and one seventy, or something like that, maybe uh, in peak. So, you know, I guess yeah, they've got to make the, the money and scale it accordingly. Um, but yeah, I think exactly those those backward seats should should do the same. Definitely should be the same. And I think is it Icon in the UK that has the spinning seat, same as Steel Taipan. Yeah, it it's fifteen pound. I think. Shot on that, so which is roughly probably forty five bucks Australian. True. So if you yeah. compare it to that, yeah, it's it's cheap here, but mm. yeah, twenty five bucks to to wait ten minutes instead of two and a half hours. You want to hear yeah, something crazy, it. right? Me and Adrian were about to pay for our twenty five dollars um, backward seats, right? The guys in front mm. of us were doing uh, one shots on DC Rivals. Yeah, for one 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 shot, it was forty dollars 
and four of them went on. So she was just like, yep, that's 160. And they were like, yep, and tapped their card and away they went. And I was just like, I I understand, but you could have done backwards and you get a whole extra Mm. experience for cheaper and you get to cut the line as well. It just makes sense to me. If Mm. I was at like one of the Disney parks and some of the rides over there, the lines were massive, like to get on, say, Tron, if I could pay 20 or 30 bucks, get on you know skip the queue on that and get on i'd probably pay it yeah yeah it definitely depends if if you're a local visiting yeah compared to if you're only if it's your first ever time at movie world you've flown across the world you're probably going to pay it yeah um so yeah and usually you'll um you'll have your money set aside for things like that going on holidays you tend you know you're going to spend a little bit more than what you would when you're at home anyway. Yeah. So. I I also think maybe for the fast pass for the whole day, because um, obviously some rides weren't open when we were there. So you're pretty mm-hmm. much paying fast pass for how many rides were open? Four or five? Maybe six. Um, maybe they should s- scale it back if some rides aren't open. Yeah. Just say $20 off because this is down due to storm or this is down due to unscheduled maintenance. Um, that would probably make a, a, a few people more happier and willing to pay that money. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, yeah. I guess if you don't like, it's pretty, it's pretty quiet at Dreamworld right now. Go, go visit Dreamworld. <laughs> yeah. I will say the, um, the virtual queue at movie world was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I feel like I feel like a Genie Plus sort of system would be great because then you can't, you don't have to fork out like how much is 180, 190 for a fast pass the whole day? I don't know, but it's up there. Um, but yeah, like the Genie Plus. Do you, how do, so? How does it? You, you can reserve a ride, but you don't. It's kind of like virtual queue. It pretty much is virtual queue, is it? Yeah, I think, yeah. You reserve it, and then you come back at say between three and four. But you'll do that in the morning. Yeah. And then you come back at that time and go on. I feel like, yeah, I feel like something like that would be great. Especially locals might be willing to do that in the peak period if they are visiting in the peak period. So, Adrian, is that, is that like the essentially the digital version of the old Fast Pass at Disney where you just got the ticket and then you went back at that certain time? Yeah. Essentially? Yeah. They were cool. cool. Go up, put your ticket yeah. in, and get your fast pass ticket, come back later in mm. the day. So, yeah, and so now you got to, as soon as you get into the park, you got to get straight on to the Genie Plus. Is that right? Or you pay extra like 15 you or 20 dollars, whatever they've it got, is. Um, they've got a limited amount, I think, for the day. So yeah, you get yeah. your Genie Plus, I think it's like 30 or 50 bucks. Varies as well on days. Because um, yeah. I think we looked at it and it was going to cost us 120 bucks. For one day for the four of us, um, but yeah, if if the queues are really long, it probably would be worth it. Um, but mm. when we were there, I think the max we waited in Florida was probably just over an hour for right. Big Thunder Mountain. So yeah, it's good. And then you get your Lightning Lane, so you can pay. You know, depending on the ride, I think it's like twelve to fifteen bucks to get like a like a one shot, I guess, um, to get in quicker as well. 
but the lightning yeah. lane queues can be just as long as the standby queues over there. Easy. Thanks for your question, Dane. We'll move on to the next one. Hey guys, how you doing? It's Matt, aka Mitty here. I was speaking with Riley and um, he asked me to make this as long as I can, so um, <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. Firstly, I just want to congratulate you guys on the podcast. It's fantastic and it's great to see that you're growing so quickly. Um, but I guess jumping into my question, I'll start off with a bit of a story here. I'm currently at a theme park, uh, Gumbaya World more specifically, who would have guessed? In Victoria, it's a nice 19 degrees and raining. So even though it is only a few days past New Year's, a lot of people are on holidays, the park is quite quiet. It's a good hack, if you will, to come to a, a theme park on a rainy day, as we know. Uh, I guess my favorite hack used to be virtual queue at Movie World um, before they removed that. It was something where if you used it correctly, you could get almost walk-on rides all day. So my question is for each of you, what is your favorite hack at a theme park? And do you mind sharing the steps on on what that hack is? Well, Matt, <laughs> Matt, I told you five minutes minimum. <laughs> no, no, that's so good, Matt. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question because I think as as theme park enthusiasts, we kind of have those little hacks that we like to do, especially when we're visiting parks for the first time or um, like at our parks, um, it's kind of different because I, like when I went over to the States, the hack for me and Wade was to head to the back of the park first. And that worked in 90% of the parks. And also arriving before the park opens is a great hack. Not It's not even a hack, but like it, it's... Smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because especially in America, if you are visiting America, they seem to want to sleep in. Or <laughs> At most of the parks we went to, they don't turn up until the afternoon or uh, late afternoon. Um, so, yeah, definitely mm. we, we got to the, to the um, park at park opening, went straight to the back. We could do maybe five coasters in about an hour. So we could smash it out before anyone even got to the back because a lot of people get drawn to the big rides at the front. Um, It's a bit different at our parks, isn't it? Because our parks are kind of small. So, and and they kind of hold you in in, in sections as well. Um, So it's different. Yeah, I mean, um, for me... uh... I mean, I obviously put out a, a fair few hot tips, um, short videos and things. So there's sort of plenty, I guess, little hacks and, and things like that there. Um, I, I guess, um, lot, like Matt touched on, um, going to the theme park on a rainy day is actually a good thing, as long as it's not thundering and lightning, because um, that's when they do close the attractions. Uh, if it's just raining, you, you know it's going to be quieter. Um, everything is still open. and. Uh, as long as it's just rain, not not flooding. <laughs> um, all you need is a poncho or jacket. Bring bring your own from home. Um, be prepared to get a little bit wet. You know, it's just water. It's not going to harm you. And you'll get on the rides so much faster. Um, it, it's definitely a, a one to do. Um, and, and it works, you know. Um, and you get on rides. You get re-rides as well. So that, that's that's pretty cool. Um, but But apart from that one, um, I've, I touch on this probably quite often uh, for if you're coming to um, the park and uh, particularly even for an event um, or if it is your first time, pre-plan your day as far as know what's happening. Get on the apps first. Check out the the um, check check out what rides are open, obviously, because 
you don't want to get disappointed if you get there and that your favorite ride is down on maintenance and you didn't know you're going to be really disappointed so um yeah pre-plan about your maintenance the maintenance schedules are on there well in advance so you can you can get a good i think at least probably six months or more of knowing when they're going to be down but also for any shows that are on anything else um just plan it into your day and try and um, work out a bit of a plan for the day, plan of attack, I guess. Um, get the most out of your day. And that does also include what you were saying, Riley, about maybe going to the back of the park or those bigger rides first so you don't have to pay the extra um, fast track, whatever. Just um, get straight on those rides first and then filter back through the park. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a couple there, I guess, from me. Yeah, I would say, yeah, definitely get to the park early um, and have a plan or know what you want to do when you get there, like going back to the Disney parks when we were there, we were at the parks well before opening. So you're at the front of the queue. Um, as soon as we got into the park, there was a lot of people going one direction. So we went the opposite direction and we knew what was down that way and where we had to walk to get to the rides. Um, so we walked past, you know, um, Indiana Jones, Pirates, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and Rise of the Resistance and did them within like the first hour, I reckon, of being in the park. So, because a lot of people, yeah, depending on what they want to do, they'll, you know, go to Fantasyland and they'll all wait there until it opens and then rope drop and then just go. But yeah, sort of, you got to know where you want to go, know what you want to do and yeah, plan your day. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I, re I remember many, many years ago when I was probably in primary school even, we were, used to go to Wet n Wild in winter because there was just no one there. And it was, it was freezing. Don't get me wrong. Like what we would do is we would go on a water ride and then we'd run to the shower, <laughs> get warm again, and then go to another ride and then come back. Um, just, but yeah, that, that was a steamer, just for a steamer wetsuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like no one, no one at the water parks in winter. I mean, even mm. Water, water World closes now in winter, doesn't it? So, they do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's for the water parks. Um, especially if you're, I guess if you're going to a new theme park, um, definitely if you know someone that's been to that theme park before, ask them because they would they'll know a layout of the 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 um, park and what rides are popular in the park and all that. So that's always a good idea. When I went to I'd been to Magic Mountain before, but I've got a friend over in California called June, and he Six Flags Magic Mountain is one of his home parks, and he actually messaged me this long list of exactly what rides to do in what order and we did that in my vlog which is dropping soon on my channel and it worked incredibly well incredibly well like so if you do know someone that maybe it's their home park or maybe they've been to that park before definitely message them and ask them and be like you know what how, how what's the plan of attack for this park what what's what works best for this park i don't know if you noticed when you went to islands of adventure Everyone, when the gate opened, everyone made a beeline for Jurassic. Yeah. Um, Velocicoaster. So that's where they went first. And we went to the Hulk instead and then went to Velocicoaster later in the day. It, the, so the, the back of the park works for pretty much every park except for that park because everyone just goes to Harry Potter and Jurassic World Velocicoaster. Yeah. It's all the back. So you kind of got to do the opposite in that park. Um, it kind of worked for us in Universal Studios Florida because we went to Diagon Alley first. There was I think it was walk-on for Bringotts. Um, so it works in 90% of parks going to the back of the park first. Didn't work for us in Carowinds because we went to the back and everything was closed anyway. So yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of it kind of works ninety percent of the time, but um, yeah, especially in islands of adventure, there <laughs> just like a horde of people either going to I think they pretty much it's like Hagrid's going to Hagrid's or they're going to Velocicoaster, and that's the yeah. two main main ones at the back there, because um, their their main coasters are at the back, whereas in Australia the main coasters are at the front of the park, so everyone kind of boards mm. towards the front of the park, so yeah. Yeah, I guess jump on Wild West Falls if you can <laughs> at the start of the day. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So easy. I think we've actually got another question from Matt here, so we'll jump into that one. Um, <laughs> so I guess I want to know from each of you as well, how did you get into theme parks? I feel like you've probably already spoken about this, but maybe all together let's go through. Uh, for myself, it was just visiting the parks as a child. I, I used to go almost every year and I became fascinated with them, and that's how I got into them. But um, Shane, Adrian, Riley, how, how did you get into theme parks? Well, for me, it's through the front gate, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, some might go the other way. No, uh, pretty much like the same as you, Midi. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, I was uh, back in the 80s, early 80s, very fortunate to have been able to go to the States as a kid. And and we went to, obviously, Disneyland, then went to Universal Studios, went to Knott's Berry Farm. We also went to Six Flags Magic Mountain, which is where I, I rode my, uh, I think we went there. Uh, I think the first roller coaster was actually Big Thunder Mountain at Disney. And then, but when we went to Six Flags, it was Colossus, the original the original Colossus, um, the world's biggest wooden roller coaster at the time. And like, I was only like, you know, eight years old kind of thing. So, and it was just like, wow, this is crazy this is crazy stuff and i just i just needed to have more of that and um like this in new zealand we did have a theme park we had a couple of small theme parks actually one's still there now rainbow's end uh which i recently visited and uh you know look, look it's uh nothing like what sort of is over here or even anywhere else in the world it's small uh and they have a couple of roller coasters there but um uh, that um that was enough to at least you know, keep the theme park sort of going, and then we'd come over here on holidays, and we'd we'd visit um, the Australian theme parks, and then we moved here, and I was fortunate enough to work um, for Village Roadshow for a period of time, and um, just yeah, just it's always been something that's just um, I I just love fun and escaping reality, I guess. So, um, and that's what you get to do with the theme park. You get to you know leave your you know your worries behind and escape for the day and and enjoy and have fun and uh, get immersed into other worlds and all sorts of things like that so and that's why i'm so big on theming as well so just love being immersed and and taken away into another world or another experience um than than everyday life kind of thing so um so yeah passion from from very young and um still very passionate about it now and and i guess i always will be so yeah that's my story yeah i think for me um I guess initially it started going to say like the exhibition, um, the Ecker up here in Brisbane, you know, going on the rides there as a kid. Um, and then going to dream world, uh, probably the mid to late eighties, um, yeah, 85, 86. And you know, it was good, a lot of fun. Um, and never got to go as much as, as often when I was a kid, obviously. Um, so, you know, got back to dream world a few times, even, uh, up until, maybe the 2000s went a couple of times as well i think we went there when the kids were two or three um 
but then what really took it up a notch was probably going overseas on a honeymoon to Disneyland and Universal Studios and you go to their parks and they're just like a whole next level. Um, they're just amazing. Um, then yeah, that now I guess now that I have the opportunity to go to SeaWorld, Movie World, DreamWorld all the time, I just yeah, it's just it's good to go, relax, you know, it helps relax after a week at work, so a lot of fun. Yeah, and for me, I guess, um, kind of a weird one, because I was born in Melbourne, uh, and I only really visited the parks when we come up here on holiday, but at the time I was scared of roller coasters, so I'd just visit <laughs> the parks and not go on anything anyway. Um, all my family would go on everything, uh, but I would just not do it. And then one time I just decided to go on Roadrunner, um, and I just remember that day just, Lapping Roadrunner <laughs> 20 times. I was in love. Um, and then I built, slowly build my way up, do Scooby-Doo after that, and then you kind of build your way up. I think I did – it would have been Lethal Weapon at the time after that. So pretty big jump. Maybe I did Wild Souls before that and then Lethal Weapon. Um, and then eventually did Superman Escape, and that was the biggest coaster in the park at the time. And that that was my favorite ride in Australia. That was at the time of probably – 2010 2011 maybe even earlier than that um and yeah i remember i remember one day i went to went wild and i kind of so what i what i'd used to do is obviously i couldn't drive when i was younger so i'd I'd walk to the train station from here jump on a train catch it into roma street and catch the the gold coast train up to helens vale and then catch a bus from helens vale into movie world and that would be about a three-hour trip and then i'd do it all again at night (laughs) go all the way back (laughs) But I, I used to do it like every weekend and I, I, I was so obsessed and loved it. And we, we used, sometimes we used to go to Wet n Wild in the morning and then walk from Wet n Wild over to Movie World. Remember one day we got to Movie World at like 1 p.m. and ended up doing Superman 13 times in one day, I mean in like four hours. Um, just because, yeah, I, I was obsessed. Um, but as, as you guys have mentioned, it doesn't really hit you until you visit like Universal Studios or Disney. It just mm. opens a whole new world of theme parks, right? It opens. Yeah, yeah. You just don't think anything's possible until you go on like a Universal or Disney ride. And then yeah. your mind is just blown and then you're just hooked. You're just hooked after that, aren't you? Um, yep. Yeah. So that was my trip in 2015. I went to LA and I, I feel like LA's, if you're just visiting LA, that's probably like a good starting point. Um, if you want to do US, just do LA. You can do um, Disneyland, DCA, Knott's Berry Farm, Universal Studios, and then Six Flags Magic Mountain. There's five parks to do, all in two hours, depending on traffic, but <laughs> all pretty close. Um, don't be expecting much of LA because LA, I think, is pretty dirty, but the theme parks itself there are incredible. Um, like a, a hidden gem is obviously Knott's Berry Farm. Like yeah. uh, everyone goes to Disneyland, yeah. but Knott's Berry Farm is right next door and it's yeah. an incredible park. It's older um, than Disneyland. Awesome. Yeah, it's it older. Is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Been right. around for a lot longer. Yep. Yeah. Um, and they've got some incredible coasters there. Accelerator's back open. Probably the best mm. um, launch, hydraulic launch coaster I've been on. Um, just with that launch there, it's super fast. It's got lap bars. Um, and it's yeah, obviously. Board. Silver Bullet, yeah. Um, Ghost Rider. Yeah. Oh, don't Ghost say Rider, that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you missed it. Two strikes. Two strikes. Um, but, That's good. 
Um, and then obviously, like you've got Universal Studios up in the hills there. It's definitely not on the same level as Orlando, but it's a mm. it's a great first theme park. Like the first ever ride I went in in the US was Transformers, and I was not ready. <laughs> blew my mind straight away. Yeah. yeah, blew my mind too. That one. It's yeah. Insane. And now that I've done Orlando, it's like not a high tier ride in Orlando, but because it was the first ever ride I went on in the US, it's it's it was incredible and it just blew my mind. Yeah, it's, for me, so Universal Studios, um, obviously that's that's an actual the original working studios for you know pretty much all the movies and TVs and shows that we've seen over the years, and particularly when I was when I was a kid, a lot of the, a lot of the programs I watched were filmed there so for me it's it's that part of it that 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 i'm attached to is that actual real working studio uh obviously and the rides that that come with that um but yes uh, like i I haven't been to florida yet and that's on our agenda um is to get to there because obviously that is more about the rides you know there's no working studio there i I don't think is there yeah so yeah no no tram tour Yeah. yeah 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 Yeah, so I mean that's that's the thing. I think um, yeah, I think the next next level there's a next level park um, from ri- rides and attractions perspective, and it's, it's certainly next on our list. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, the studio tour and Universal in is yeah top notch there. That was good going through there. Yeah, yeah. the studio tour at um, Hollywood is like that's my yeah. favorite ride there. Yeah, um, yeah. it's. Like it's it's not really right. It's just a tram tour, but I'd say it's an attraction really, and yeah. it's so long. Like yeah. it's like a thirty minute tram tour. I'm not sure if it's yeah. still hosted by Jimmy Fallon, but it was when I was there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go through all the Jaws movie, and then you've got that. Mm. Um, what is it? That storm. Storm, storm and flood scene. Flood scene. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, King Kong. King Kong. King Kong's there. Yes. Um, I think awesome. Fast. I don't know. Fast, fast and, and Furious. furious. Yeah. Well, it's my favorite part there was where it goes through um, the main square from Back to the Future. Oh, you drive yeah. past there and it's yeah. got, you know, it had the clock tower there. I remember yeah. being at work, it was sure. in 2014, 2013, around that time, and the studios burnt down. Yeah, that's oh, right. And yeah, being that, yeah. you know, back then, did the whole, you know, the studio area on fire, thinking, wow. But yeah, mm. getting it rebuilt like they did was good. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I'd really want to do because they do the terror tram. I'm pretty sure at, at Hollywood Horror yep. Nights, and yeah. you jump on the tram, go down to the back lot, and they've got mazes down there as well. So that would be incredible to experience mm. that as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's how I guess we got into theme parks. I guess yeah, I think Matt has never been outside of Australia or something like that. So I think LA is definitely a good start. Like because I got my return flights for 1200. If you can just save up for 1200, um, I don't know how much. Accommodation there. I haven't looked yet, but um, actually, I'm staying with a friend, so it's free for me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you can definitely just hire a car, find a place, try and find a non non dodgy place because there's a couple around LA. Hmm. Um, yeah. Where, where did you guys stay when you were in LA? So we um, we've stayed at yeah Anaheim um, and Hilton. I think we stayed at Hilton. Twice in Anaheim and then uh, same, actually same again in um, Studio City as well. Uh, the Hilton. And it was, it, it sounds fancy, right? And it is, a, it is a nice location, but we booked through, I think it was 
Expedia, um, just on the app. And same, like you were saying before, Riley, you just you keep just keep watching it, and then all of a sudden we got it. We got it cheaper than the Howard Johnson, which is just a which is nice. It's a nice property. It's a family. We've got the Hilton, and there's like a food court downstairs. It's next to the convention center, and in Anaheim, and a couple of blocks back, and they're big blocks. So you know, walking is quite. Still takes a fair bit of effort, especially at the end of the night. Um, but uh, the one in Studio City, it was just so handy. The Universal Studios, and they had a free little bus. You just walked out. You just walked out of the door on the bus about every I don't know twenty minutes, straight to uh, City Walk. Bang! Like it's just so convenient. And then you know it's not far to go to Hollywood or um, shopping, Citadel, Venice Beach, wherever you want to go as well from there. Yeah. So on our last one there, we stayed at the Best Western. And it was pretty much at the satellites. You go across the road, and you're at the Disneyland entrance. At the gate. Going through yeah. There's uh, so many of those hotels around that outside bit, isn't there? Yeah. And they're yeah. good too. We, we got we've had friends that stayed. I think they stayed at the same one, Adrian, as you, directly opposite. Yeah, straight across the Best Western, and they said it was really, really nice, and it was heaps affordable too. So. Yeah. yeah. The Carousel Inn and Suites. We've stayed there. That was pretty good, and it's only yeah, five minutes you know further yeah. walk so yeah. yeah i would highly recommend if it's your first ever time visiting the u.s maybe just to i mean i did just over a week um in la and i ended up doing everything but i feel like a, maybe a touch more time would have been better um to go shopping and do all that yeah. do all the sightseeing as well so maybe a week and a half probably two weeks is yeah, probably great, great yeah weeks, 10 days yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but yeah it's definitely if you keep an eye on the prices, it's definitely affordable. And, um, yeah, definitely do it if you can, 100%. That'll, that'll kickstart your theme park um, theme park love, I guess. Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love. yeah. Even more than what it is right now. So, mm. yeah, thanks for your questions, Matt. We'll jump into the next one. Mm. Hey, guys. Mushy Pay here. I love the varied and different content from you all. It brings a lot of joy to me and my family. Just wondering, what what does success look like? Do you have an end goal? Is it subscriber numbers or interactions or maybe you know becoming full time content providers? Thanks again. Cheers. Yeah, good question. Really good question. Good question. Good question. Appreciate the kind comments as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I guess. I guess I don't know about you guys, but for me, hopefully one day in ten years or so, I can do it full time. But. Um, because at the moment, it's it's definitely a lot of work. Like if you're thinking about starting a channel or starting something, you gotta, you've obviously got to have another job while you're doing this um, hobby. And mm. you kind of got to manage your time well, I guess, is a, is a good way to put it. Um, and you've got to be pumping out content and staying consistent. That's a good thing. Um, but yeah, hopefully it, you just... That's the thing about, um, I guess, content creation and all that. You've got to stay consistent, and you never know what's going to happen. It could take you ten years. You've got to, you've got to set your goal um, to not be. I'm going to be full time in a month. Like, it might happen, but it probably, you know, there's, there's not. It probably won't. So, for me, I would love to do it full time eventually, um, but it's all about just keeping consistent and keeping keep the grind going and yeah that's my end goal is hopefully in 10 years or it could be even above 10 years but hopefully one one day I can quit my quit my full-time job 
and just have full time to just travel and visit theme parks. Yep, same with me. That's it's the ultimate dream, I guess, isn't it? To be doing something you're, you're passionate about and that you absolutely love every single day and to be traveling more extensively um, to provide more more different varied content as well. Um, uh, but again, I mean, it's um, yeah, it depends on how much time you have, um, you know, and you do definitely need your, your full-time gig on the, <laughs> to, to support, you know, the ongoing sorts of all the the tickets to get into the theme parks and you know the things the extra attractions and tra- even the bits of travel you're doing obviously as well so and the equipment you you need to upgrade and all that kind of thing so um but yeah ultimately one day um that would be a dream for think for anyone to to say that you know and I'd love to stick with my my full-time job um forever um I, I think most people would if they had a hobby that they did that they loved and were passionate about and can make it a full-time career i think most people would probably agree and say i would absolutely love to be doing that full-time if it could become enough to survive on and that's the thing it's, you think about how much you earn but then you think to think about your super as well that the companies pay and all those extra benefits or what have you that your company pays so you have to be earning a lot of money to be able to to do it full-time um and yeah, what what is that number? We don't know because, like Riley was saying, it, you, you just have to keep it consistent. You just have to keep the grind going. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, but you just got to be motivated to keep doing it. Um, and you know, for me, it's my weekend hobby. It's um, uh, but you know, when I when soon as that Friday, you know, five thirty six o'clock comes along, and I've knocked off, I'm straight into this. Um, I do a little bit of the nights during the week, obviously. Um, but you know, um, it's it's straight into this and um, pumping out another video, creating the video, pumping it out. So yeah, ultimately, definitely one day, full time, full time YouTube, awesome content creator. Yeah, yeah, it would be pretty amazing to do it full time, eventually mm-hmm. one day. But I think now I just enjoy doing it. It's good to go to the parks on the weekends and. If I can grab, you know, a couple of new subscribers each week, it's always good to see the, the subscriber count going up. And um, yeah. it's always good to to get the feedback from people from the parks when they ask you something or, you know, they'll come up to you and say g'day in the park to you. And um, I think as long as someone's enjoying watching the videos that I put out, you know, that's good. So it makes mm. me happy. Thank you, Mushy yeah. Peas. Um, mm. uh, I think we've got one more question here. Hi there, it's Blake from Park Chat. I hope you guys have had a great Christmas and New Year's. My question to you is one that I've been thinking about for a while and would love to hear your take on it. Given the rise in cost of living, which has impacted many people's ability to travel and partake in leisure activities, plus with park chains like Disney pivoting their business model to favour less guests but push higher in-park spending via price gouging, do you see the theme parks in Australia, most notably the big three on the Gold Coast, shifting their business model to include a similar strategy? An example I could think of that hints towards this is Village Roadshow offering a locals pass with blockout dates over the busier periods to allow the park to have more interstate and international visitors who typically spend more than locals. Anyway, I've been loving the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Interesting question. Very great, great question. Mm. I think I think he's right. I think I think that's that's the way they're going. They our theme parks, you know. Obviously, have a lot of analysts that uh, work work with them and and provide, um, I guess, analysis on 
where things are heading and 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 they look at outside you know impacts as well um and obviously they look at what's happening overseas and how the, the bigger i.e disney's and universals um yeah six phase all, all those other ones how they do it and uh look they, they 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 have to change their strategy at some point because it costs a lot of money to run the parks let's face it um and also if they you know as regular visitors or even just visitors once a year or what have you you always want to see something new you always want a new ride or attraction and that money has to come from somewhere it doesn't just you know i mean i know there's investors but it still has to come through from the park so considering that ticket sales retail and food and beverage are generally the the main revenue streams for theme parks um you got they got to make a lot of money there so I think that's why we're seeing some of these other little strategies or, or parts of their business changing or switching on and off and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's right. That's that's what I think too. I think that's the way they're, they're probably heading. Yeah, I could see them heading that way. And, yeah, wanting to have block-out dates for um, annual pass holders at the peak times because – yeah, usually when I go to the parks, I'll try and, you know, I might get a coffee or have a feed while I'm there just to spend a, that bit of money in the park. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's probably a lot of other ones that go there and just go on the rides and then they'll go home. So they yeah. obviously need to make as much money as they can. That's the business they're in. So, yeah, I could see them adding more upcharges and things like that. And you can see they've gone that way by getting rid of the, villi- the virtual queue mm. for the new pass yeah. now. So. Yeah. yeah, I think with the with the introduction of the light pass, um, mm. I guess it it encourages more. I mean, the the light pass, the blockout dates aren't that many at the moment. It's just this main period, at, yeah. Like right now, um, at yeah. the start of the year and and towards the end of last year, um, but I guess that they would be trying to if they're gonna charge more for entry price or something get um, all interstate visitors paying that high price, but still having the locals pay a light pass, they'd still be, they'd obviously have their money personal, whatever, <laughs> looking at everything and being like, we can get less people into the park and still earn the same amount of money and have less complaints. Um, a, bit of guest, a bit of guest experience. Yeah, 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 yeah that's the right word. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, I definitely can see that happening. For sure. Sure, easy. Thanks for your question, Blake. I think. Thanks, Blake. We might have one more. Ah, my name is Doomsday Destroyer. I hear you've been talking about me on the Theme Park Cartel podcast. What's wrong with me? Mm, good question. Where do you want to start? <laughs> I think you might be doomed. No, 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 no. I am not doomed. Well, maybe eventually, but not now. I'm here to tell you I have been a bit injured. I, I can only seem to operate at half speed. I would love to go full speed, but my energy is being down lately. Movie World has told me if I don't pick up my energy, 
I might be on the chopping block. Please don't let this happen to me. Oh, I, the question I have for, for Doomsday, how did he email that through? Yeah, I'm very not clever. sure. I'm not pretty... too sure. Um... Might have been through Lex's car. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. Oh, because, mm. yeah, I saw it come through the emails and I was like, how, wh- what is this? So, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a tough question, I guess. I, um, we want to save you, but you're not performing, are you? So, uh, I don't know. Mm. I guess, I guess tell your, I guess your, your, your dad or your dad is intimate, I would assume. So tell your dad to fix you. Um, Come in, fly in from wherever Intamin are based, <laughs> um, and then um, get you full full operational again, and, and we'll be happy. I think I think that's what absolutely all, that's what we all want. Absolutely right. If that, if that thing yeah. can just be at full capacity once again, because it's actually a good ride when it is running at full capacity, it is a good ride. So um, yeah, I think I think um, yeah, it's all we want to see. Hundred percent. Do you agree, Adrian? Yeah, definitely. I have been on it when it went around full circle and it was good. So if it can get it back, you know, get it back that speed, it'll be good. 100%. Intamin, come fix yeah. your ride, please. Intamin, please, yeah. please fix your ride. Do it. Do it now. Anyway, that's going to do us for tonight or this podcast. Um, thank you all for listening once again. This is the first podcast in 2024 and there's going to be many, many more coming. So Keep your eyes peeled. We are fortnightly, by the way, if you didn't realize. We are fortnightly. So, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks coming up with our full review of Movie World White Christmas and Movie World's Hooray for Hollywood event. We've got some great things to say. We've got some some questionable things to say. Um, but, mm. yeah, that'll be coming up in two weeks. I guess You got, if you guys didn't get your questions in, Feel free to drop them in. You can drop them in now. They'll be in our uh, in our inbox for a, for a month, and we'll get to play them on the next podcast. Every single one we get sent in will be played on the podcast. So definitely get your questions in. Just record it on your voice memo app, and then email it to us at the uh, the theme park. Car- the, yeah, I can't speak right now. The theme park cartel at hotmail.com. and yeah, we will be playing it on the podcast. Do not forget, go to your streaming platform. Drop us a follow and drop us a five-star review as well. The more five-star reviews, the more follows we get, the more people know about our theme parks and, and yeah. Thanks for the questions. They were good questions and um, happy new year. And yeah, thanks for listening. Absolutely. We appreciate everyone's support and uh, don't forget to check uh, each of our channels out as well. So you got that. So mid AU theme park fan and Jags journeys. We've all got um, different uh, content from past uh, month or so with, with with the events and things like that. So if you haven't already checked out the events uh, that we've all uh, put up on our channels or social media, make sure you check them out as well. 100%. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all of that. Facebook. Go check Threads. us out on there. Threads, yeah. yeah. That's it. X or whatever that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Anyway, thanks for listening to today's podcast, guys. We will see you in two weeks. Catch you later. See you, guys. Thank you. See ya.